Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast live stream edition. And today I have a special guest. I have Justin Gillick. He is the area vice president of sales, healthcare, and life sciences at DocuSign. If for those that don't know what DocuSign is, if you ever sign anything electronically, whether it's on your iPad, your iPhone, or anything like that, that's what they do. Uh, Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Excited to chat with you today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to get into a bunch of, you know, sports, tech. You know, we're going to talk about access, pro dev and everything, you know, you know, just all around good conversation. So I'm just happy that you're here, brother. Perfect. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, let's get right started. Let's get right to it. Recently, you, you took a trip out the country and it was for DocuSign. How has that trip changed your perspective on how DocuSign powerful product has evolved for businesses? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, getting to go globally was was definitely always fun. I think anytime you can travel outside the United States and realize that everyone uh, everywhere is dealing with the same problems and, you know, just trying to live their best life, uh, you know, do business the same way and try to get things done is really important. And when I started Dr. Science six years ago, um, we were just talking about expanding globally, right? At yeah. that point, we, had, we were very uh, secure in the U.S. and it was about trying to go globally and we were talking about trying to get to London. And, and now we have offices in Australia and APAC and Japan, uh, Brazil, um, all over the globe. And, and I think the great thing with DocuSign is it started out as just an e-signature company, you know, with real estate and people need to sign those uh, documents. And we realized uh, quickly that there's a lot that more goes on to your agreement process. We call it a system of agreement. And so all businesses across the globe have documents that need to be prepared documents that need to be signed, some actions that need to be taken on that document, and then you got to store them somewhere. And so, you know, DocuSign invented the agreement cloud and uh, it, it's taken off. And, you know, we have companies all over the world that are using DocuSign to transact business. And, you know, just in normal days in business, I think it's uh, super important to have a way to transact quicker. Don't find a fax machine. I don't think we even know where to find those anymore. Um, but now with everyone working from home and, and some of the social distancing, you know, having the ability to still be able to conduct business um, in a way that, you know, is safe and, and still very effective for your business. I think it's just shown, uh, you know, how important that is that we have those tools. Yeah. So um, how has, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, how has it impacted your business? Has it impacted? Has it impacted like uh, as far as like, you know, you're being able to go to the office or go to work? Or even has an impact on DocuSign as well as sending anything electronically? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, our, our company was really progressive. I thought I was really proud of them. Um, you know, we actually decided to let us all work from home probably earlier than about two weeks earlier than, than even Governor Inslee here in our state um, and uh, the governor down in California had allowed. And, you know, we were there's a lot of uncertainty behind it. You know, I think we were all had no idea what the impact will be. And, you know, I work from the I'm the VP for the healthcare life science team. And I think the cool thing that I saw from all this is we've really been able to help um, doctors uh, connect with their patients through telehealth. Um, and, and that was really the impact I saw. You know, my team has been working day and night helping people set their forms up so that, you know, small clinics in the middle of Nebraska to major hospitals in L.A. Um, have the ability to, you know, test for COVID-19 drive through and, and get patients who can you know, sign their things and medical device and life science companies who are trying to find vaccines using DocuSign so the research doesn't have to stop just because we can't be in the same room. And, you know, it, uh, it's always been great. DocuSign's amazing. You know, the DocuSign Forest Initiative, trying to save the planet. And mm -hmm. that's always been a big reason I love DocuSign. But also now seeing the impact, especially in healthcare and life sciences, 
that it's had to allow you know business to still run and, and people still be able to see their physicians even in a time of uncertainty has really been been a wonderful thing. Well, that's awesome that y'all have an initiative for um, um, Dr. San Forest. So can you elaborate more on that? Yeah. So um, our CEO and uh, partnered with uh, a couple different groups and, and basically DocuSign, you know, we're eliminating paper. Our job is to get rid of paper completely. We don't want to paper anywhere except for maybe the uh, dollar bills we put in our pocket, yeah. at least for now. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the benefits of that is how many trees you can save. And, and I know some of our companies alone, the impact you have, it's actually on DocuSign.com. You can actually go and see how many forests worth of trees have been saved. And so DocuSign actually donated a million plus dollars um, to help save the forest, replant um, trees where they need to go and, and just continue to be good stewards of the environment. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting because I think, you know, as we've seen the environmental impact that can be done by business uh, to be with one that's actually giving back and, you know, trying to uh, put more trees out there so we can live. Luckily, I live in Washington State where we have an abundance of trees, um, but, you know, that's not everywhere. And so the more we can do to, to help protect the environment is, is always a great benefit of this job. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, Washington State is definitely a very beautiful state. You know, I have um, a little bit of history in the state of Washington. Um, I played basketball, um, semi-pro basketball in the CBA at Yakima. Oh, yeah. Um, the Palm yeah. Springs of Washington. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, my experience was I got stuck on a pass. Oh, wow. <laughs> during the snow but going going towards like the seattle area you know it's beautiful nice uh, amazing scenery and everything i always tell people go take a visit up there like don't worry about the rain don't worry about the weather just go take a visit go for a drive and you know you will you'll come become a new person you become renewed it's, it renews your spirit out there but um i want to ask a question about DocuSign and sports so how is DocuSign impacting sports management yeah, so DocuSign has actually been involved with many different NFL teams, uh, NBA teams, professional soccer teams. Uh, one of my favorite stories, I think it was 2013, uh, Elvis Doomerville uh, was with the uh, Denver Broncos, and he had a contract to renew with the Denver Broncos, um, and they didn't get everything signed before the deadline, and so he went to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, instead. Wow. And uh, Clay Matthews Jr. actually tweeted out, should have used DocuSign, right? Yeah, should have used DocuSign and yeah. this wouldn't have happened. You would have got your man. And so, you know, it's been cool. You know, everything from season ticket, um, season ticket sales, the, the teams are using it for that to renew people to actually getting contracts signed. Uh, the one downside I've heard, though, from athletes is that they no longer necessarily have to fly the private jet to the office to sign it. So, you know, while we're helping the environment, uh, we do apologize to any of the professional athletes who no longer get the private jet uh, catering to sign their contract in person. So. Hey, we call those first world problems. I'm sure they'll be fine, you know. They'll be okay. They'll be yeah, okay. Yeah. Just buy one and go have some fun in the off season. Exactly. Go to Vegas, <laughs> go to Bermuda, whatever you're doing. So Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, um, keeping the sports and, and DocuSigns, keeping the sports. Um, what is DocuSign doing in the sports realm of things? Like, has DocuSign thought of utilizing or pitching their services to the NBA or NFL since tech has become, you know, has begun to move into that space? Yeah, I think that's the great thing about DocuSign is that, you know, we have tons of different verticals, whether it's financial services for banks, it's education, it's non-for-profit and legal healthcare, and then the global uh, ge geography of, you know, everyday business. And, you know, we have some major, you know, I have not cleared what I can say and what I can as far as the teams, but we have a, a majority of teams in the NFL that are using DocSign, like for season tickets, uh, MLS, we have teams there. Um, we even have a retired coach that is uh, using it for his animal sanctuary as well. And so, 
not only do we have it for uh, individual athletes who are using it, and I think now we're seeing a lot more athletes and the power going back to the athletes, which I really agree with, yeah. um, you know, representing themselves. You saw Richard Sherman negotiated his own contract in, in a really successful way. And so for them to also have the tools to be able to get those documents signed, because whether you're in sports or you're in business, the, our saying is time kills deals, right? You give, yeah. you know, you have a deal and agreement, let's get it signed and let's get it done. Uh, before something else comes along. And so I'm sure with your brother too, he's had plenty of uh, contract negotiations and things like that. Uh, not having to leave the house to sign it is a, is a nice extra perk as well. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's fresh in everybody's mind and you just get it and get it out the way and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I remember when um, Richard Sherman um, signed his own contract. I remember um, when um, um, Ray Allen as well used to negotiate his own deals as well, but they, they didn't have DocuSign back then, you know, yeah. so probably had to go like, you know, go fly back and forth and stuff like that. So, and I yeah. love Ray Allen being a Sonics fan, although yeah. I'm hoping we get the team back one day. Uh, man, yeah, Ray he, Allen could shoot. He was, uh, he was uh, ahead of the time. I think if he was playing in today's NBA, he'd be, he'd be getting the rock 40 times to shoot it now, as opposed to back in the day. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that man, you're right. I think that like Ray Allen, when he, I, I bet when he looks back, I think he shot attempted like maybe like four threes per game for his career. You know, I think that he probably would have upped that to about 11 because yeah. his was pretty good, you know? Yeah, as, for as, sure. As well as Steve Nash, too, you know? Steve Nash, <laughs> Sam Perkins uh, yeah. back in the day, too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, So how can DocuSign impact the world of CRM, you know, uh, sports customer relations and sports management? Yeah, so you know, DocuSign actually has thousands of integration partners. One of our biggest integration partners, Salesforce, is a CRM. Um, you know, especially in sports management, you're managing a lot of different, whether it's talent, different uh, contracts, and, and DocuSign has everything from you know the ability to integrate with your systems that you already have. And DocuSign actually has a product called CLM as well, a contract lifecycle management. And so if you can imagine, if you're a professional sports team, you probably have thousands of vendors and thousands of contracts with varying dates that they're going to expire, varying terms that you may need to uh, you know, pay out at times. And so we actually have products that uh, are available um, so that they can actually manage the entire life cycle of those contracts instead of having probably one very overworked person scrambling around on the last day trying to figure out where the contract is. And we actually just announced we acquired a um, company called seal as well that uses artificial intelligence to look at your documents so if you can imagine you know my seahawks um they might have hundreds of thousands of contracts yeah. and that there's a person that has to go through those and see what terms are there and what else you know with docusign's acquisition of seal you can actually use docusign to be able to search for key terms and understand your risks um, within those contracts um, without having to spend a lot of man hours. And I think that uh, allows people to get back to what they really want to do, which is not read legal contracts. I was a lawyer before I came to DocuSign, and even I don't want to read legal contracts. So I think it's important to have those kind of tools. Man, that's 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 crazy. Oh, hold on. So you have artificial intelligence reading deals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I've, I've never heard that. That's like some really... Um, cutting cutting edge stuff man you know like so like how did it work like they just read like so you just type in a word or like key terms like can you give me an example yeah so you basically upload you know your your documents into the system right and then you know there's a thing called force majeure it's it's a clause that like if there's a you know disaster or if there's some reason that you have to get out of a contract or maybe you aren't you have to let someone out of a contract and you know the current time that 
that may be something to do with COVID-19 that people are dealing with. Well, you can actually just type in that force majeure word and look and see all your contracts and see what your risks and, and what your responsibilities are as a business. So instead of, you know, sending some probably poor uh, underpaid person out into a file cabinet to try to find all the contracts and see where it is, you can have that in one central location. And, and you can imagine, you know, business is global now, like we talked about. And, you know, to be able to have the ability to search that so quickly, I think is just an amazing tool. And, and just with DocuSign, like I said, we're e-signature and that's part of the DocuSign agreement cloud. You know, it's not just about signing documents. It's about everything that has to do with the documents and the contracts and the, you know, agreements that, that make your business go. Mm. And uh, force majeure, force, how you say that? Force majeure? Force majeure. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. And that's what the NBA has instituted, and that's why they're going to be taking back some of that, that salary back, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> they're saying, hey, we can't do business for something out of our control and in your contract. That's where we're at. And so that's why, uh, one, negotiating the contract is so important, and then, two, mm -hmm. knowing what the responsibilities are as well. Because, when you're, you know, if you're taking somebody's money, you better have some good legal standing to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that was actually quite – I never heard of that term until they brought it up, and then I looked at it, and then I'm just like, wow, for them to even put that in there was actually really smart, really that, – that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, they, um, they, they did good business that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great business. That's great business. So um, how does DocuSign help entrepreneurs, you know, like myself and small, and small businesses to impact the world? Yeah, I think uh, – you know, we have an SMB segment from GEO for, for small entrepreneurs all the way through healthcare, et cetera. And, you know, I think the great thing about DocuSign is that, you know, you get the same toolbox that's mm -hmm. being used by the largest companies in the world. Even as okay. an entrepreneur, you just buy it at your scale. And, you know, for you to be able to do business, you're going to want to sign up talent to, to do your podcast. You're going to want to, you know, sign contracts with people for, for various different things. And so DocuSign allows you to do that from home. So instead of you having to hire maybe five or six people as you're continuing to scale and grow this podcast, you can do it with technology to start. And then the people you do hire can do the job that you hired them to do. So instead of chasing down documents, trying to see if you got paid, having the ability to do that, you know, DocuSign even has a payment option that'll allow you to take payment you know, directly from DocuSign. And so it just, especially for small businesses, I think it's very important because, you know, you're trying to save as much money for yourself, um, you know, yeah. so that you can grow your business because no one starts off saying, I just want to be a small business. They want to continue to grow and, and make things, you know, a little bit bigger, whether that's huge or not. And, you know, this lets you put more money into your business and less money into, you know, documents and, and the paper process, which I think is, is awesome. And I've worked with everyone from, uh, you know, big tech companies to a uh, debutante ball uh, company out of New Orleans um, in my career. And it's just been really cool. The SMB space is a lot of fun because you get to deal with a lot of people like yourself who are just passionate people who want their business to succeed and really given everything they have to it. And uh, for DocuSign to be able to come in and help, I think, is a really cool, cool opportunity. Yeah, it really is because it has me meeting, you know, special talented guys like yourself, you know. <laughs> and um, so... Before we move on to the next question, uh, I want to know what does like your position? Because you say you're the area vice president of you know life science and um healthcare yeah. and sales. So like what what is that? Like what goes into that line to that um? Basically, position? my job is I have a real a lot of really smart, talented people that work really hard and make me look good. Um, if I'm really being honest, uh, <laughs> the goal is to hire really good people so that my job is a lot easier. But 
basically, I um, am in charge of some new customer acquisition, people who aren't already DocuSign customers. Yeah. My team uh, goes out for small and medium businesses in healthcare, uh, middle-sized businesses and large businesses up to $2 billion in revenue. And we go out and, um, you know, a lot of times they're calling us asking how we can help. And other times we're reaching out to them, really just trying to see if there's a fit for DocuSign. And, you know, I have a team of, I think, about 30 people um, all up that uh, are all out there all across the country. And, um, you know, really at this point, helping a lot of great organizations be able to move forward with their business. And so it's a lot of fun. But I'll tell you what, if one advice I can give you, hire really good people and it makes your job a lot easier. And, and I've been blessed that... Uh, my team is, is just full of really talented, smart, driven people uh, who are all focused on uh, doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, never, never, even if you're a boss, never be the smartest person in the room. You no, know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So. You're in the wrong room. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I want to give a shout out to my team that's smarter than me. I've been helping me along the way with this uh, podcasting and everything. And, um, you know, just being just expanding myself because I started off at first as a basketball podcast. But oh, nice. I realized that I just don't want to have basketball fans. I want to I want to have everybody come in. So I'm been beginning to get more versatile into and podcasting about everything. You know, like I'm doing this right here with you right now. You know, yeah. uh, you know the well, tech side of things, and um as well I did um investing podcast, beginning investors and stuff like that. So you know it, it's, it's fun. It's amazing to just you know have a, a great team around you that can help lead you into the right direction. Yeah, and one of the teams I also work with is Access, who, uh, who you've had a chance to meet with Dre and Rubelin and Ahmad and some of the others. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because, you know, you're using basketball uh, to kind of get tech and investment in there. And actually, Dre came to me with the idea and he said, hey, what if we use basketball to bring the community together to help people of color find jobs and employment opportunities through sports? And so just an amazing, amazing um, idea. And, um, you know, they've really run with it. Um, and it's great. You know, it's the ability to use sports because I think sports are one of the most important things in the world. I grew up playing football, basketball, baseball, and, you know, it really shapes you as a human, but it also equalizes the playing field. And, and when Dre was telling me about that, uh, it really clicked with me because when you're in the stands, it doesn't matter who you are. You'd be a CEO, you could be a janitor, we're all together. And so his idea was, hey, can we do basketball tournaments TED Talks, Tech Talks, et cetera, where we can bring athletes in and really strip it down and not talk about the sports, but just get people connected with companies who are hiring. And, you know, I always joke when I was growing up, I was in Lacey, which was a small town. And I thought the only people who worked in downtown Seattle were doctors and lawyers, right? I thought you had to be a doctor or a lawyer to work downtown. And it wasn't until I got a job down there, you know, later in life that I realized there's a lot of jobs there. And, you know, a lot of people in different communities that we're helping, they have no idea what DocuSign does or what the tech business does and, you know, or even great jobs in the trades and other things that are available. And so instead of making people come to Seattle um, or Bellevue to try to find where the jobs are, let's bring the companies to them and really make it a comfortable environment where you can really get to know people. And I feel like it really breaks down the walls that I think are up. Uh, sometimes and, and helps level it. And, you know, I have to give a lot of props to, to Dre, Rublin and Ahmad, who've really created a sourcing company that they're working with to try to, you know, help more people of color get into jobs. Because even in tech, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And I think just in America in general, to, to equal that playing field. And I know firsthand that the competition for great talent out there is, is strong. And, you know, there is a lot of great talent across the board that's being untapped and, and I'm hoping to use my position and also my uh, time with the access to help with that. Yeah. That when they brought it to me, 
I thought that was like one of the most amazing ideas ever, you know, to basically have like a, a job fair using basketball, using, using, you know, music, a concert and stuff, you know, cause like I told them, I'm going to tell everybody right now that basketball will teach you how to be a leader, you know, and it shows, you know, in, um, potential employers that you can lead in stressful situations and stuff, you know, like I played in front of a 30,000, you know, capacity crowd in China and like hit a game winning shot. And then, like, you know, that's, that's pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, hit like Michael Jordan hitting up the game winner in 98 to win the finals, you know, like that's pressure. You know, I think, I think um, employers, you know, CEOs, they love to know that they have somebody they can count on, you know, somebody that, Hey, we got a lot of stuff going on. You got to take care of all this, all this. And you're like, all right, no problem, no sweat. And you just go get the job done, you know? So I think that's why I love what access does. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a cool story. Uh, with playing in China, and I bet like even though there was a language barrier when you hit that game winning shot, everybody was on your side anyways, right? And so it's just the power of sports, right? You you make the moment the big one, and even if you don't necessarily understand what each other is saying, it doesn't matter because you guys are in that moment together, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. Like um, when I did that, you know, China was it was it was just crazy because you know they mobbed the floor, and then like you know there's a bunch of high fives, and then they just say my name in Chinese, but I can't even say it. It was not <laughs> Daniel. It was actually longer than just Daniel. You know, it's yeah. like seven syllables. So I'm just, I was just like, all right, cool. And then um, <laughs> it was funny. Like that one that that one game like really just um you know catapulted me to having a nice little fan base in China. So everywhere I went, I just started, you know, taking pictures with everybody and stuff like that, you know, with, with a bunch That's of That's awesome, fans. man. That sounds like a cool. How long did yeah. you play in China for? Oh, I just went, I was just there for like five weeks. I went on a tour. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was nice. on a tour with, uh, with uh, Trace McGrady, actually. Oh, cool. Trace yeah. McGrady, man. He's one of the best that ever strapped him up. That guy was amazing to watch. Yeah, definitely. We're going to, oh, we're going to get into some basketball talk. We're going to talk. Gonna All right, cool, 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 talk. cool. So, um, hey, uh, the future of productivity has pivoted to fully virtual space, basically, you know, DocuSign with y'all being ahead of the curve when it comes to e-signing and productivity, how is DocuSign um, continuing to stay ahead and stay innovative? Yeah, you know, and, you know, I think it's uh, the, the agreement cloud that I was talking about earlier, you know, it would have been really easy. DocuSign was the best in the business. It, it's e-signature, right? When you think of an e-signature, it's like toilet paper, right? You're like, you know, or, or Kleenex, right? It's just like, hey, it's DocuSign. And so, uh, you know, they could have just done that, but they realized that, hey, there's a lot more that we can be doing to help our customers out. And, you know, the ability to, like we said, the AI and the ability to redline agreements, ability to take payments and really continue to go there. And, you know, as we are, you know, working, all working from home at this point and, you know, less personal contact, you know, I think the power of DocuSign is apparent just in the fact that we really need to have a tool where we can still connect and, and be able to transact business because just because, we're not in the office doesn't mean the world stops, right? And we need to keep doing what we have to do. And so I've been really impressed, you know, my time, six years, I was employee 600. You know, I think we have over 4,000 now. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the company's growing, but they're also continuing to push the envelope. And, you know, they created the agreement cloud. And, you know, that's a that's a category in itself now. And, and for a company to not only, you know, have a great product, but be the one who introduced the products to the world, at least the concept of the world, I think is really cool. And, I'm excited to see what we're going to do next. You know, I, I always think about my cell phone days. I started and I remember I got a uh, Motorola T720 with a 300 pixel camera phone on the bottom that played a uh, big pimpin' by Jay-Z. And I was like, we're never going to beat this. We've already arrived. This is where technology is going to go. And now we have iPhones in our pocket that are more powerful than 
computers from 10 years ago. So I know DocuSign will keep innovating and, you know, coming out with great products, the acquisition of Seal, um, you know, having a CLM product and continuing to be more than just e-signature, even though we're really good at that as well. Well, that's that's just awesome, man. That you just keep pushing the envelope, not being afraid to to take the jump on certain things and stuff. Um, so let's get into some sports. So you oh, have a background in in basketball, football, and baseball, right? Yeah. So um, what what's your favorite sport out of the three? Basketball is my favorite sport. Now I'm six foot seven and I'm a big dude, so football was where everybody wanted me to go. But man, I I love basketball. I made varsity my freshman year. Wow. Um, you know, I had some offers for some D3 schools to play, but I, I went with football uh, yeah. just because, you know, it's some bigger schools. But, you know, when it comes down to it, there's no better game than basketball. I also collect way too many basketball cards. I uh, My wife uh, filled her room up with all my basketball cards that I have out there, too. So I'm a I'm a huge uh, sneakerhead and a huge basketball fan. So oh, OK, OK, OK. So what's that? What's that? Hold on. What's that? Shoot you? I wear 17. <laughs> oh, you got me beat. I'm only 15. So uh, oh. you got me there. Oh man! So, um, how was it playing basketball in the Seattle area? You know, Seattle has a lot of great talent. I think the most, you know, besides the NBA guys, the most non-NBA um talented player I played against in Seattle was a kid named um by Tyler Amaya. I think he went to Gonzaga, or um or um. I know I played against him in junior college. Just was a really good player, really good player. And so, how was it, you know, playing in the Seattle area? It was good. You know, it was always interesting. I was from like a three A school down in South Washington. You know. And, uh, you know, we, we did pretty well. You know, we got the districts and stuff like that. But then I'd go watch some of those guys play in Rainier Beach and Garfield. And, yeah. and some of the guys came out of Jay Williams and some of these other guys. I mean, uh, there's some serious talented people. I was always uh, pretty good at basketball. I definitely yeah. wasn't at the level of, uh, you know, some of these other guys. I just, you know, really enjoyed the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sport, the sport is definitely fun, and uh, like you said, you're from the Seattle area, and you know the Sonics obviously are no more. Hoping that the Sonics will get back. So, like, what's the? How's that been going along? Are y'all still, um, you know, really trying to get it back? Do y'all have? Do y'all think it's going to come back? I think eventually. Um, you know, my my gut tells me it'll have to be another team that maybe outgrows its market because mm -hmm. I think, uh, and we'll see after this, uh, you know, COVID stuff. But I think. The NBA's plans are probably global at this point. Uh, that makes a lot of sense for him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I remember I met Casey Jones at the Sonics game, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. And so just uh, I hope we get a team back. We did get the stadium and we we're going to have a hockey team here, which is cool. And yeah. so I know the stadium was the first step to get the NBA back. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it hurts, man, when you see the team that is Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Nick Collison, Serge Ibaka. And they're playing Oklahoma, and you're like, man, now you look at them, and you're like, most of them have championships, and Russell Westbrook has more triple doubles than anybody in the history, and it's just like, yeah. man, that could have been us. That could have been our team up here in North. So yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the thing with Seattle, how they lost their team, it, it really, it really wasn't the team's fault. I I, I listened to a, a documentary called Sonic Boom, and it was a podcast about the what happened with Seattle. I think what happened was. That when Seattle wanted that arena, that they already built the stadium for for baseball and football like a year apart each, so they got like you know fatigued with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that it was like just bad timing because I, I think that they, um they wanted to stay, but then you know when Clay Bennett, you know he pulled that power move and stuff like that the last hour, and then with David Stern, you know he came in and basically strong armed it. It was it was it was over after that. It's interesting too because there was a time in Seattle, so in '95. We almost lost the Mariners. They almost went to Tampa Bay. 
And mm. then uh, before Paul Allen took over on the Seahawks, we were close to losing uh, the Seahawks too. And now you see the wow. Seattle fans. I mean, they're some of the rowdiest, best fans in all of sports. But back in the day, there was a time period where there was a very real chance we could have had no sports um, here. And, you know, that would have been that would have been a travesty because, you know, Seattle's a great place to play. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm just glad that we got the Seahawks doing well, the Mariners continuing to uh, make us – hope they do better <laughs> and uh you know and then we'll get the even the sounders you know i'm, I'm not a huge soccer guy i, I like mm -hmm. the sport i haven't been to many games but uh, the people that do they are they are most most passionate fans i've seen for soccer in a long time yeah america like you know, i play basketball overseas so i know the the fans the fan base out there is crazy for soccer but i do enjoy how you know the seattle sounders and even the, the portland timbers they really adopted like that rowdy um soccer fan style yeah. I remember I went to a game in Kenya. I was there studying abroad for law school and oh, wow. uh, I went to a soccer game there. And that was one of the coolest experiences because it yeah. was they, they were into it. Like that was a that was a big event. And uh, man, it was a, it was a great game there. And I'm sure you've seen it overseas, too. It's a you know, they talk about the Raiders fans of old, you know, being rowdy. It's nothing compared to some of the stuff overseas. <laughs> That's nothing. Uh, getting hit with heated quarters and stuff like that. <laughs> Batteries and um, also even by your own fans. You know, yeah. I remember I was on a road and they had these gallon of milk jugs. They put coins in them and then like near our bench. So we couldn't hear it. It was shaking them the whole oh, second. Wow. Yeah, it was it was it was insane. It was it was fun, man. So let's um talk a little bit of NBA. Like, so who's your favorite team besides the Sonics? Like, who's your favorite team? Who's your favorite player? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be LeBron now. And it's not just because of how he's playing. I think he's given back so much. And it's so yeah. it's like, you know, the promise school and like, yeah, the, when he went to Miami, it probably could have been handled better, but he was young. I think people forget that athletes are in their 20s a lot of the time, and, yeah. you know, their mistakes are broadcasted across the world. And, you know, the stuff that LeBron's done to give back to the community and, and just being as dominant as he is for so long and never has done anything but be a, a great steward of the game, a great yeah. person to his community. So, you know, I never thought I'd root for the Lakers because that just seems blasphemous, you know, <laughs> although I did like the Kobe, Artest, and Shaq years as well. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I got to say I'm a Lakers fan now just because I don't have a team. And, you know, LeBron James is up there. I also really love the Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard is just an assassin. And uh, just the, that game winner he hit over uh, the Rockets, man, that was that was one of the coolest shots I've seen in a long time. Oh, no. What about the one against Oklahoma, though? That's what I meant, <laughs> the one against Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know a lot of y'all see um, – um... You know, Seattle um, citizens was really happy about that one right there. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, anyone but the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I wish I wasn't that petty, but I was. I didn't want <laughs> I to know, it's, it's, it's totally <laughs> understandable. But, yeah, talking about LeBron, like what he do, like, you know, giving back, like you say, he got the school and stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's he's amazing. You know, like just like forget the basketball part, you know, just his – He's amazing in how he empowers players to worry about their finances now. You see a lot more yeah. younger players really – you know, serious about their finances. Like back in the day, you know, those players back in the day, they, they don't care. So, um, you know, like how you feel about like this new era of players, like with money management and everything? Yeah, I think it's uh, super important. And, you know, I think the, the more money you have, the more people are going to try to get away to get it away from you. Right. And so, yeah. you know, having people that are there to tell you, and especially uh, the ones who've made the mistakes, I think Antonio Cromartie, um, was a cornerback in the for the Jets a while back. He had spent all his money before he even got it, and so 
in his third contract, he was on the committee that like let these players know, like, hey, put some away. You know, you're not going to be there. I think Shaq actually just told a great story. He got his first contract, and they gave him a million-dollar signing bonus. Yeah. And he went out and bought himself a Mercedes, his dad a Mercedes, and someone else. And his banker called him up, and his financial advisor and was like, hey, Shaq, uh, you're negative $200,000. And he was like, what do you mean? And he didn't know he didn't get all his contract money right up front. And so <laughs> people telling him there. So I think it's a better place now. I think the NBA has done a good job of uh, – you know, really probably the best of any sports league on like taking care of their players and making sure they have access to what they need. But yeah, I mean, your brother does a really good job of uh, the investing stuff too. I had a chance to talk with him a few months back and I think it's just going to be about the older players, the retired players yeah. and the ones that have been in the league to take the young guys under their, their wing and say, Hey, you know, you can buy one car, but maybe don't buy three cars. Right. It's uh, yeah. You know, make sure you're you're saving for the future because uh, it's super important. I mean, I made those mistakes and I didn't even have a million dollars. So, you know, it's uh, it's really easy when you're young. You get a little bit of money to go buy all the things you think you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just because you got a million dollars doesn't really mean that you have a million dollars. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's a thing called taxes that they don't teach you in school. I had to learn about trigonometry, which I've never used once in my life knowingly. But no one told me that, you know. 35% tax means that you don't get a hundred percent of your money. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, before the season ended, um, you know, we had the race, you know, between the Lakers and the Bucks. Like, did you have, did you have the Lakers winning it all? Did you have LeBron winning MVP or, or Greek freak? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Lakers were going to win it all. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the Greek freak is amazing. Giannis is special player and it's amazing even more amazing no one really saw him coming right like yeah he, uh, he, they just thought he was just some skinny basketball players to be there and that guy is just amazing and i think it's going to be his reign for for a long time afterwards um, but i had the lakers win it all um lebron um the kobe stuff too i mean i i have not cried as a grown man in a long time over something that wasn't my own family and that that hit really home and so i think just the motivation to to do right for him as well, I think would have driven him. And uh, that team was talented too, you know, with AD. I mean, that guy is a special player. And, you know, Kuzma and some of the other pieces they were putting in place, it would have yeah. been really fun. And LeBron playing like he's 22 yep. is uh, crazy because he's been playing – not only the fact he's been playing so many years, he doesn't do load management. That guy plays pretty much every minute of every game. So <laughs> Yeah, he, he's in, so he's in so, um, some uh, supreme condition and stuff. So you think you think the NBA should come back? I think they're going to come back, but you think they should? So I think I would love for them to come back. I don't know if should is the right word. I, I think you got to be safe, right? Safety first, yeah. safety of the players, safety of the fans. If there's a way to do it where, um, you know, they can ensure that everyone's going to be safe and, you know, even if it means there's no fans, I mean, selfishly, I would love to watch some more NBA games, especially not only, you know, just the, the race with those two. I mean, you got – Zion and Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr. and, you know, Shy mm. and like all these great young talent, you know, yeah. it just makes you so excited for the game knowing that, you know, when LeBron retires and when Russ and them are gone, we got some good stewards there. So I would love yeah. to see basketball again. Uh, I don't know what to do with my time without sports. Uh, <laughs> so it'd be great. But, you know, I think they're making the right decision. You got to make sure everyone's safe first and, and then, you know, figure it out afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. One, one, one more thing before we go. So you know, we got this last dance documentary out. Oh yeah. You know how 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 have you been enjoying it? Oh, I love it. It was like much needed. Uh, yeah. I also have a, I have a three year old though too who doesn't understand that you know I was trying to watch it, and so I uh, still stand in front of the TV. So I've been watching it in pieces, but 
man, it's just uh, you forget about how crazy it was back then. You know, the bad boy Pistons and yeah. you know, just Michael Jordan's greatness. Like he was, yeah. he was something special before there was really anything like that. You know, Magic and Bird, and then him. And it's been cool. You know, you uh, you get to see the behind the scenes stuff and the Pippin stuff and the the Rodman things and. I think it's just so cool and you know just it takes you back i think that's the one cool thing of all the old sports is you know takes you back when you're watching that i mean i remember just watch michael jordan flight school uh come yeah. fly with me and uh, <laughs> then we play uh we play a game where one of us would stand under the basket the other one would dunk on a lowered hoop yeah. and you had to try to block him and we just pretend we were michael i mean that was <laughs> that was what you did and i'm sure there's kids pretending they're lebron now and pretending they were kobe and for me it was you were just a bunch of bunch of kids in suburb Lacey, Washington, and pretending they were Michael Jordan. So it's great to watch this documentary. I didn't think we'd ever get to see it, so it's really cool that we do. Yeah, you know what? The the out of the four episodes I can take from um, the best thing that I've seen, in my opinion, was that there was finally a positive Dennis Rodman story. They just had something to do with basketball and nothing else. Even though yeah. the forty eight hours. Yes. Was, was amazing. The story about the 48 hours was funny. Oh, yeah. But it, was, it was just cool to, to appreciate, you know, Dennis Rodman for who he was as a basketball player only, though. It was, and I think it showed the brilliance of Phil Jackson, right? Yes. Instead of, like, forcing Rodman to come back, he understood the talent, and he understood what Rodman needed to be successful, and mm. he gave him the leeway to come back to the team, and then they pushed him when they really needed to, but, you know, it, you, don't, you didn't see a lot of coaches do that, and I think that's why Phil has been such an amazing coach for so long is he has a unique understanding of personalities and how to manage them. I've actually read his book just for my management um, side as well. And just, uh, you know, the ability to understand human beings on a human level uh, can go a long way. And I think, yeah, it's really great. But yeah, seeing Dennis Rodman's stories about just who he is as a person and a basketball player has been great, um, you know, outside of everything else. So. Yeah, and um, I think that team after everything they was going through, you know, with Jerry Krause, um, really, hey, this team is over with after this, regardless. And for them to still go win it, you know, I oh. think that's the best team of all time. To be honest, I don't think they're, I think they're better than the seventy-two team, seventy-two win team. I do too. I did too. Yeah. I think it was a different time, and yeah, like you said, not only the distractions of Jerry Krause stuff, like that was a wild time in the NBA. People were out partying in Vegas and you had contract issues with Scottie Pippen and yeah. Michael Jordan, you know, with not a hundred percent healthy. Right. And yeah. to be able to do that, I think was, uh, was amazing. I think it is the greatest team of all time. Who's the greatest player of all time. I think still up for debate, but for the greatest team of all time, I think it's definitely that. All right. So before we go, this is the last, last, last one. Give me a top five basketball players of all time. Top five. Uh, so I go LeBron number one. I know that's going to be blasphemous today. I go Jordan number two. Uh, I got Kobe number three. And then I got yeah. uh, Will Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So that's my top five. A lot of Lakers on that list, four yeah. of them. So, um, but, yeah, that's my top five. And there's a lot of great talent. But, I mean, people forget about how dominant Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. That, that guy was lights out. And, uh, you know, I'm also as a center. So, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to the – to, the, to that position, yeah, I got to give it some love. Yeah, I think Shaq's in that top six, too, for me, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you for coming on to the show, man. You know, I really appreciate you, everybody. This is Justin Gillick from DocuSign, Area Vice President of Healthcare and Life Science. And, um, That's right. I really, really want to say thank you for coming on to the show, sir. Yeah, thank you. And anytime you want to have me back, just let me know. I'm happy to talk sports, business, whatever you want. All right, definitely, man. You have a great day, man. You too, Dan. Take care. All right. Peace out. 
yeah that was another another episode of the daniel artez podcast live stream i want to thank everybody for checking it out and y'all know y'all can follow me on here on facebook at the daniel artez podcast at um daniel artez pod on instagram and twitter and with that being said i am out of here man peace